I think being an entrepreneur is a psychological disorder with all due love and respect. I mean, we are crazy. That's Gino Wickman, creator of EOS and best-selling author of Traction and Entrepreneurial Leap. We all need therapy. So, so to the degree you can just say, I'm not good at these things. These are my weaknesses. It's so freeing and powerful because these are my strengths. And to the degree you capitalize on those, you are happier, you have more energy, you make more money. It's simple math. I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp Video, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. On this podcast, Gino shares the six traits that the top 4% of entrepreneurs all have in common. He also discussed the importance of having a 10-year plan and answers the question that just about every entrepreneur considers at some point, should I partner up or go at it alone? Clarify your vision. Decide if you are a partner person. Know that the bigger the problem you solve in the world, the more successful you will be. Get feedback from customers and clients early and often. Know that your first plan will not be your final plan. Work hard, really hard. Take criticism and doubt from others with a grain of salt and see it every night. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. For over two decades, Gino Whitman's passion has been helping people get what they want from their businesses. To fulfill that passion, Gino created the Entrepreneurial Operating System, also known as EOS. In fact, since 2000, EOS has been used by over 100,000 organizations worldwide. In 2019, Gino published a new book, Entrepreneurial Leap, which aims to help prospective entrepreneurs figure out if they've got what it takes. So I have spent the last three decades obsessing about entrepreneurs, business owners, how to run a great company, helping entrepreneurs build amazing businesses. And it's through all of that experience, we've now helped almost 100,000 companies around the world that I've watched the patterns and trends of what a true entrepreneur looks like and acts like and is. And so when I was 40 years old, I said, when I turn 50, I'm gonna shift my energy to again, teaching what I needed the most in helping entrepreneurs in the making. And so it was that wealth of information over the last 30 years that has helped me really crystallize, again, what an entrepreneur is and then help these people that think they might be entrepreneurs really know for sure whether they are or they aren't because right now, pretty much everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, no kidding. So so then I, I know in the book, Ed, you mentioned there's six essential traits that an entrepreneur must have. What, what are those six? The six essential traits are defining someone who is a true entrepreneur. In all of my experience, these are the traits that have been exhibited in the last 30 years, and then I've tested it over and over and over. And so those six essential traits are, and as I share them, I urge your audience to listen and kind of do a self-analysis on themselves, as well as if they have someone in their life, a child that they think might be an entrepreneur in the making, kind of do a self-assessment of them, but they are visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, 
risk taker, and responsible. According to Gino, these six traits are intrinsic to true entrepreneurs, meaning they cannot be taught. But what does that mean for entrepreneurs who don't possess these qualities? Some percentage of the world thinks that you can actually learn these traits, and then some percentage of the world believes that you're born with them. And I personally believe you're born with them. I believe that they're genetic. These are true traits that we're talking about. I call them the six essential traits. These are not skills that you learn. And so I believe you're born with them because you exhibit these throughout your life. I believe that it's, you know, an entrepreneur is not something that you do. You know, it's not this step-by-step process. It's something that you are. So somebody with these traits, you're just drawn to run into the fire. You know, and so, so that, so, so a great example, and I love, I'm seeing the sign behind you that says, take ownership. Well, that's, you know, that is the essential trait number six, take responsibility. And that's always a fun one because think about this. Here's how I know it's nature over nurture, because if you picture all the people you know in your life, you can put them into one of two categories. When something bad happens, half the world defaults to taking responsibility, taking ownership, as it says behind you, and half the world results to blaming others and pointing fingers. You can literally divide up every family full of children into two groups, and you'll have a family with four kids, and two take responsibility, two don't take any responsibility, and some of you listening right now, you can, you're can you thinking about your brothers and your sisters. Well, the reality is those people were raised in the same household, raised by the same parents. How on earth can it be so different? And so that's just one example of how you're born with these traits. They're inherent in you. It is your genetic encoding. So a part of the book, I mean, it, it, by nature, it's one is asking people, do they have what it takes? But you, you also spend a lot of time in a way discouraging people from entrepreneurship. Why, why do this and why do you feel that aspect is so important? Yeah. And so this, the whole idea is it's a cautionary tale. And so I, I take the reader through this psychological, emotional, philosophical, soul-searching journey of self-discovery to decide if it is right for them. And like I said, most people want to be entrepreneurs these days, and the truth of the matter is most aren't. And so what I'm trying to do is help someone who really is not cut out to be an entrepreneur to not take that leap because I'm trying to save them 10 years of hell. It is hard being an entrepreneur. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And so I'm trying to actually help those people. In addition, I'm also trying to find what I call the 4%. So I find that it's about 4% of the world has these traits and I wanna find them and I wanna pull them out of wherever they are, whether that's in college or the corporate world or the inner city, who knows where they are, but I want them to realize what they are. But again, to your point, just as quickly help somebody realize that they aren't. And if you're not and you love entrepreneurship, then just attach yourself to an entrepreneur, you know, go on the ride with another entrepreneur, but it's, it is not all it's cracked up to be. It's not like the pinnacle of all careers, I promise you. So I wanna take a step back on this because it seems that in recent years, entrepreneurship became very popular. And I don't know whether this was through Shark Tank or whatever it might be, but everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And I would even imagine that some of the people listening to the traits that you listed off would probably say, I'm a visionary, I'm a problem solver. Of course, you know, I'm a risk taker. And it, fortunately, there's actual, there's an assessment that you provide in the book, which actually helps people to think through a number of these exercises. But where do you think the root of this stems from? How did entrepreneurship become so popular and why do so many people want to be entrepreneurs? Well, I, you know, I can't tell you exactly why, but I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts. You know, it's 
let's go back to the 70s and early 80s when everybody wanted to be a rock star. You know, it's just really cool. It was really cool to be a rock star. You know, you're living this amazing life. And so, yes, you know, Shark Tank, I think, has contributed to this. But it has become very sexy and popular. And you're reading about, you know, billion-dollar tech unicorns. And, and, and there's also a lot of money. You know, at the end of the day, people are drawn to wanting to make money. You know, making money is important. People want that. It's okay to talk about that today. Um, and so with that, it is appealing and sexy and interesting. And, you know, just like being a rock star, you know, not everyone's cut out to sing or play the guitar or beat on a drum uh, with talent. You know, not everybody's got what it takes to be an entrepreneur, but it's just become very, very sexy and appealing. I would imagine that coping with the reality that you may not be cut out for what it takes to be an entrepreneur certainly isn't easy. So what about someone who has a deep desire to be an entrepreneur but discovers they simply aren't cut out for it? It's a wake-up call, and it's scary, but for somebody who doesn't have the traits and they're struggling along, that's probably exactly what it is. You just don't possess all of the traits, and entrepreneurship is not for you. At the same time, the entrepreneur that's struggling in their startup or in their business right now, they may have those six essential traits. They're just making what I call the eight mistakes. And again, confirm glimpse path. When we get into glimpse, I start to share the eight most common mistakes every entrepreneur makes. And they might just be making those eight mistakes and we can quickly correct those and get them on the right path, assuming they want to be entrepreneurs. So, so on that note, I mean, I guess just is it not leave us hanging. What, what are some of those worst mistakes an entrepreneur can make? Let's pretend psychologically now that entrepreneur in the making, that person listening, uh, again, your son or daughter, you've confirmed that, yes, they are an entrepreneur in the making. Yes, they possess these six essential traits. And so now we're going into Glimpse. And what I do in Glimpse is I share a vivid picture so that this entrepreneur in the making can see what life looks like, see all of their options. And so countless stories of entrepreneurs who were right where they are uh, right now and what they did to build great businesses. I share all of the options in becoming an entrepreneur, industries, companies, sizes, types of businesses, B2B, B2C. And so what I'm doing is helping that entrepreneur decide what they're built for, because not every entrepreneur is built to build every business. There are some million dollar company entrepreneurs and some billion dollar company entrepreneurs. So this really helps you decide. And in all of that, I also share what I call a day in the life, both the dream and the nightmare. And I show the dream that some entrepreneurs live and the nightmare that most entrepreneurs live. And the ones that are living the nightmare are making the eight mistakes. Okay, and so now I'm getting to the answer to your question, long run to get there. Um, and where these come from, there's not one ounce of theory in what I'm sharing with you. Where this comes from is, again, in the last 20 years, the clients that have come to me and come to us at EOS Worldwide, we're helping them correct the mistakes they made when building their business. And so I can quickly go through at a high level all eight and then you can drill down on anyone that you'd like to. But here are the eight mistakes. Number one is not having a vision. Number two is hiring the wrong people. Number three is not spending time with your people. Number four is not knowing who your customer is. Number five is not charging enough. Number six is not staying true to your core. Number seven is not knowing your numbers. And number eight is not crystallizing roles and responsibilities. And I would suggest to you that most entrepreneurs that take their entrepreneurial leap make most of those mistakes. So 
I imagine, I mean, our audience is primarily business owners and entrepreneurs and they're, and they're hearing this and let's say you went through some of those traits earlier. If they're hearing this and perhaps they don't have all of those traits, can you have some of them and not all of them or do you have to have all of them? You have to have them all. But what we're talking about, I teach something in the book called the entrepreneurial range. And so if you picture this arc or this range and on the far right side of the range are what I call true entrepreneurs. On the far left side of the range, I call self-employed. And so anybody that owns a business is somewhere on that entrepreneurial range. Well, on that left side, self-employed, that is the one-person show, the freelancer, you know, the one attorney that's out there practicing, uh, maybe somebody who buys a franchise location. On the far right side of that range are some of the greatest entrepreneurs of all times. Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely, Elon Musk. And so every business owner is somewhere in that spectrum. Well, when I talk about the six essential traits, we're talking about the entrepreneurs that are on the right end of that range. And so please understand, yes, if you don't have all of the traits, doesn't mean you probably can't be self-employed and be a one-person show. But the reality is, if you're going to build an organization with lots of people that is going to endure the test of time for decades, you've got to have the six essential traits because being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, building a company, you're getting your ass kicked every single day and you've got to be genetically encoded to bob and weave and adjust and evolve to curveballs that come. As someone who has worked with thousands of successful entrepreneurs and business owners, Gino has an interesting perspective on growth. He believes that to effectively grow as a person, it's important to take inventory of both your strengths and your weaknesses. Essentially, one must know thyself. I don't know any other way to live other than maximizing your strengths. You know, and so there are certainly philosophies and beliefs out there teaching people how to strengthen weaknesses, which is just incomprehensible to me. I mean, I just I, I think of the return on your time invested. And so we all have strengths. I mean, if the whole world just realized we all have strengths and we're all different and they're all different strengths and the world needs all of the professions. So the whole idea is just if for no other reason, ROI, you know, so let's pretend simple math says you have five strengths and five weaknesses. Well, those five strengths, you know, if you put a thousand hours into maximizing those strengths, you're going to get an exponential return than spending a thousand hours trying to strengthen five of your weaknesses. I mean, it's like it, it, it's you're, you're trying to improve on your incompetence. And so it's so important because you got to embrace your weaknesses. We are all a little screwed up. OK, every single one of us, the way I always say it, and I'll just say the way I always say it is we're all a little fucked up. We all need therapy. So so to the degree you can just say, I'm not good at these things. These are my weaknesses. It's so freeing and powerful because these are my strengths. And to the degree you capitalize on those, you are happier. You have more energy. You make more money. It's simple math. As much as business owners would love to focus 100% of their time on the things that they do the best and enjoy doing the most, for most, spending 100% of their time this way seems to be more fantasy than reality. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, you've got to learn how to do what we call delegate and elevate. You've got to learn to delegate. And so if in fact you do own a business, if in fact you are an attorney, you should not be doing $25 an hour work. And I'm not knocking $25 an hour work, but you, anytime you're doing that kind of work, you're taking a pay cut. You're not making 
as big of an impact on the world that you can. And so in its simplest form, if you picture those, again, whatever those five strengths are, and you spend all of your time there and delegate everything else, it's simple math. Number one, you just employed someone who needs a job, who, by the way, the stuff they're doing for you, those are their five strengths, and you just elevated yourself to a whole nother level. And so again, that's where you start making more and more and more money, you're happier. And so from there, an organization builds because the more you continue to delegate and elevate and grow, the more you start to build an organization. And I preface that whole dissertation with, that's assuming you wanna be a business owner. And, and so some people, they're incapable of delegating. Well, if you're incapable of delegating, and let's pretend you're an attorney, hey, case sera, you know, you're gonna be an attorney, you're gonna make your 100, 200 grand a year, you'll do great work but you're also gonna be doing a whole bunch of other shit that uh, I don't think you should be doing, but you won't let go, case or ah, you're paying the bills, that it's not so bad. Yeah, by nature, you become the bottleneck. Now, there was something else that I read that was so interesting to me, and many entrepreneurs have been, they've probably been called crazy at some point, but the, the study that you mentioned, the correlation between some of the most successful entrepreneurs and visionaries and mania, so they've literally done studies now that psychologically show that yeah, maybe these people are a little crazy, do you have to be a bit crazy to also be a great visionary and a great entrepreneur? I do. I mean, I think being an entrepreneur is a psychological disorder with all due love and respect. I mean, we are crazy. So what you're referencing is a book called The Hypomanic Edge. OK, and I. I did two things right around age 35. Um, I went to Dr. Amen's clinic and got my brain scanned and I learned that I had ADD. I never knew I had ADD. I exhibited every sign of ADD from age 13 to 35 and was in denial because somehow I have this ability to focus. But whenever I'm working on something I'm, I love, I appear to be very focused. So I discovered I had ADD. And while I was there, the person that psychologically analyzed me mentioned the book and said, you should really read this book. And so the book is called The Hypomanic Edge, which means entrepreneurs are hypomanic. And it gives 200 years of history and entrepreneurs that have had this hypomanic edge. And we just have these ups and downs. We have incredible energy, lots of ideas, but then we have big crashes as well. And so the point is, you know, all of the crazy people that left Europe to come here, those were all the entrepreneurs. That's why a lot of that is in our DNA in America. And it just really goes into a scientific study of, of how most entrepreneurs have hypomania, which gives us this edge to do really crazy, stupid things in the eyes of everyone else. But fortunately, entrepreneurs build most of what's on the planet as well. Now, you've, you've clearly seen this process play out, you know, the story play out time and time again. There's a part in the book where you mentioned that, you know, entrepreneurs really need to start thinking in 10 year time frames. You, know, you mentioned taking action while being patient. What, what do you mean by that? We've confirmed you're an entrepreneur. You now have a glimpse of what it looks like and you are fired up and ready to go. Now it's time to go get to work and path is intended to help eliminate half the mistakes you're going to make. You still need to make the other half. And so with take action and be patient. The point here is now you got to move. Now you got to do something. Now you got to get to work and you now go take action, do a bunch of stuff, move toward what you want to become while at the same time being patient. And patient just means shift your thinking to 10 year thinking. Again, at age 35, I discovered this and learned this. 
And when I shifted my thinking to tenure thinking, because up until then it was like, now, 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 every, I, I wanted things this week, this month, this year, you know, a year was too far out to be thinking from that standpoint. But once I shifted to thinking in decades, 10 year timeframes, time literally slowed down. I started making better decisions. And ironically, I actually got there faster. So the idea is to move forward, do a bunch of stuff, do activities that move you closer to that 10-year goal, but always keep the 10-year goal in mind. And you'll just, again, make better decisions. Time will slow down and you will get there faster, ironically. In Entrepreneurial Leap, Gino outlines a number of decisions that entrepreneurs can make to set themselves up for success. I asked them to delve deeper into a key decision that's especially relevant to many law firm owners, how to decide whether or not you are a partner person. I cannot tell you how many partnerships I've had to help unwind, you know, where I'm working with these two partners, they want to kill each other, they hate each other. Well, they should have never partnered. And so there's three types of business owners out there. And so you listening out there, you're one of these three people. Number one, you are not a partner person. And that's okay. You should never have a partner. You need to own 100% of your company. You don't play well with others from a standpoint of, and you just want total control. And that's okay. I mean, welcome to most businesses, okay? Number two is you're a true partner person where you want an equal partnership, whether that's two partners or three partners or four partners, you all have equal voting shares. You want to be in this battle together. You are a partner person. Or number three, you're a partner person, but you always want to maintain controlling interests. And so you're comfortable giving people equity, but you'll never give up control. That's the kind of owner that I am. I'll never give up control, but I want people to share in my wins. All three work. But if you go into this thing not knowing which one you are, and if you're not a partner person and you join forces with someone, Eight years from now, your life is going to be hell because you're going to be unwinding something. It's going to be painful. It's going to cost a lot of money. So know that going into this thing, because there's nothing written that says you have to have partners. So that's one of the disciplines that are vital. So, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I mean, right. For some people, this is jarring and shocking. And I know I'm going to piss some people off and listen, case sirrah, I'm doing a service to the world as far as I'm concerned. I'm trying to save you 10 years of hell. So simple and short answer, if you're still resisting it, you know, go take your leap, go see for yourself, go discover for yourself. Hey, go prove me wrong. I mean, there's nothing I love more than when somebody tells me I can't do something. It motivates me 10x. So, at the end of this, you know, go do it if, if you don't want to believe it and find out for yourself. With that, let's pretend I've convinced you or we're getting close to convincing you. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be surrounded by this entrepreneurial thing, like I said, go partner with a true entrepreneur. Go hitch your wagon to a true entrepreneur. Go become the integrator to a visionary entrepreneur. They are desperately needed. I believe visionary entrepreneurs, which is what we've been talking about this whole conversation, that's the 4% I talked about. Well, there's only 1% of the world that are integrators. Integrators are these people that harmoniously integrate the day-to-day -day of the business for the visionary, frees the visionary up to do their skill set to grow the business while that integrator runs the business. You know, I wrote a book called Rocket Fuel that explains that whole concept with a co-author, Mark Winters. And in our research, we found that it's about half and half. Half integrators, half the integrators have ownership in the business, half just get a salary. They're paid very well for what they do. So there's nothing written that says you have to be a partner in that, but that might be a great option for you because the entrepreneurial world 
desperately needs integrators. So there's an option for you. Other than that, just go get a real job because listen, this thing is not all it's cracked up to be. It is so hard. And the failure rate is 50% in the first five years. I mean, it's crazy. So, Gino, I always love to ask this question, and especially for someone like yourself that has seen some of the most successful people on the planet, how they operate, uh, the things that they do well. But what are some of your, I guess, daily habits, your consistent habits that you set yourself up for success with? Yeah, I love it. I'm about to do a talk around this. First time I'm ever doing it. And I get really uncomfortable sharing it because everybody has their own work style. But I definitely... In addition to having ADD, I have OCD, okay? And so I am obsessive in my work. I am obsessive about the results that I want to create in the world. You know, and so the, the silliest discipline that I get made fun of the most is my legal pad, okay? And so my legal pad is always at my side. And, and so I work from a legal pad every day. And so it's, it's no different than, you know, a tablet, other technology that people use. But the point is, Every night before I go to bed, I lay out my next day. So I go to bed clear on exactly what I've got to get up, hit the ground running and do the next day. The power of that is while you're sleeping, your brain is kind of preparing for the next day and you sleep better as opposed to wrestling with what's going on the next day. I'm doing that on a legal pad. And so I literally write that out. And so there's countless studies done on, on writing, the power of writing and what that does for your brain and retention and things like that. And so I'm a fanatic about writing. When I wake up and hit the ground running and I'm working from what I laid out there, any commitments I make throughout the day, any promises, any ideas, anything, it all goes into one place. It all goes into one reservoir, which is my legal pad, which is always near me. And so like if, as we're talking, if I get an idea and I get lots of them, I immediately write it down. And so then, now that I've done that all day, and I'm, on average, I'm writing down five to 10 things that I've come up with, or I promised someone, or I need to do, at the end of the day, when I decompress and prepare for the next day, I'm then compartmentalizing all of those things, promises and commitments I've made, I'm preparing to take care of those the next day. And so that's one discipline, one example that's done with a very archaic tool my yellow legal pad. And that can all be done with technology, but that's just works. That's what works for me. And so that's one of my disciplines. Now, this is the Game Changing Attorney podcast, and, I, and you are most definitely a game changer. I mean, you, you've influenced the lives of hundreds of thousands of, of entrepreneurs. I mean, even, even in our own organization, uh, we're us, utilizing EOS, which has been phenomenal. But what does being a game changer mean to you? You know, let's go back to having a 10-year goal you know, in, in knowing that 10 year goal with absolute clarity. And then I urge you picture that every night before you fall asleep and you see that, you know, I think a game changer is someone who achieves that goal. I think a game changer is somebody who gets everything they want out of their business, whether they've impacted one life, one life or a billion lives, they've made an impact on the universe. So, and so a game changer to me is somebody who puts a dent in the universe, be that one or a billion. If you're wondering what the next step is to growing your business, Gino believes it all starts by having clarity. It's know what you want. There is so much power in knowing what you want because 
98% of the world does not know what they want. I mean, they're just unconsciously walking through the world every day. And so just, just know what you want. You know, and as we went through those eight disciplines, one of them is to know that your first plan will not be your final plan. And so one of the fears that people have when it's time to hunker down and think about what they really want is they think, well, what if I decide what I want, but that's really not what I want? Well, then you just change the plan, but you gotta have, you gotta know what you want and start to move towards something. And if you're three years into that and you realize, wow, that's not really what I want, or the world kicks you in the ass, then come up with plan B, but you gotta have a plan. You gotta know what you want, know what you want, and then everything else follows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and based on everything you've said, I'd say that the, the main thing is to stop resisting reality, embrace it, you can you can have a wonderful life knowing thyself, you know, focusing on your strengths, surrounding yourself with people that align, you know, perhaps are good at all the things that you're not good at. Even, even myself, I'm good at very, very, very few things. And I mean this truthfully. The good news is, is those are pretty much the only things that I do. And we have an amazing team that's that's great at all those other things. And those are the things that they enjoy doing that bring them energy that they're able to become the best at. So it's a very empowering concept. Unfortunately for me, it probably took me, you know, several years of pain, agony and suffering to, to learn this. But once you do, you, you almost start to see the matrix in a way, right? Yeah. Oh, so that you, you just said, so the, the way I've always described it since watching that movie, that movie is one of my top three is you literally start to see the world in ones and zeros. You're a hundred percent right. And I, and I can't help say this and here's my OCD kicking in, but so just imagine the difference between the person that knows exactly what they want 10 years from now and the one that doesn't in all the decisions they're about to make today. And the one that doesn't know what they want, Half the decisions they're about to make that day, the things they're about to do, is leaving them rudderless and taking them nowhere, for lack of a better term, where the person that knows exactly where they want to land 10 years from now, every decision you're making today, the people you're going to hang around with, the people you're going to talk to, the things you're going to do, the things you're going to learn, what you're going to watch, you're all the decisions you make today are in alignment with that 10-year vision, which is why you get there faster, which is why you're happier, which is why you have more energy. So that basic premise, if that doesn't motivate somebody, I don't know. I don't know what will. I want to give a huge thanks to Gino Wickman for sharing his entrepreneurial insights with us. You know, what particularly resonated with me was the fact that entrepreneurial traits are intrinsic. Essentially, we're born with them and they're in our DNA. And that for that reason, it's more important than ever to know thyself. So thanks again, Gino. You've been listening to the Game Changing Attorney Podcast with me, Michael Mogul. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could share the podcast with at least one other ambitious law firm owner who you believe would benefit. And you know what? Maybe more than one. For more information on our interview with Gino Wickman, including an assessment that you can take to determine if you have the essential traits of an entrepreneur, See the show notes for this episode in your podcast app or visit GameChangingAttorney.com. And join us next time when we'll be speaking to Hall of Fame trial lawyer, television and radio host, progressive activist, best-selling author, and senior partner Levin Papantonio, Mike Papantonio. They're telling me what they're going to do with my cases because they're class action lawyers. They were mass tort lawyers who were terrible mass tort lawyers. And I remember the arrogance and the audacity of this character standing up on the stage, telling me what I was gonna do with my cases and how he was gonna handle it. I remember grabbing the mic, I was a kid, but I remember grabbing the mic and saying, Mr. I don't even know who you are. 
but there's not going to be a time where you make a decision for me as a trial lawyer what I'm going to do with my cases. That's next time on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. Oh, 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 o